All right, ring that bell. Let's start this show. It is Wrestling Chat with Friends, the Tuesday show. Thanks for joining us for episode three, where we're talking about all things WWE and NXT when we get around to it. I'm EJ the Collector. I'm joined by our friend, your friend, my friend, Tom 2.0. He was the Ultimate Warrior, and now he's changed his gimmick. He's repackaged himself. Tom, how's it going? How are you tonight? It's good. I, I'll pick something new every week. I, I, Perfect. I keep people guessing. I love it. Well, uh, before we get started, let's uh, just remind everybody that we can be seen on Facebook on our Wrestling Chat with Friends group page. Uh, I've sent a lot of invites out lately and gotten a lot of great responses. So thank you, friends, for joining and supporting the page. Um, we're at, w at WCWFPod on Twitter. And the show goes out on our YouTube channel also. Go to YouTube, search Wrestling Chat with Friends, subscribe, like, and tell a friend. All right, before we get started talking about WWE, I have the new, we'll just get to this real quick, I have the new PWI 500 that has come out. Most people know by now that Roman Reigns was number one. I don't know how much you've seen of it, Tom, but you got any issue with Roman Reigns being number one in the PWI 500? No, the only thing about the PWI 500 is I've never really had a handle on how much of it is supposed to be a kayfabe ranking and how much of it is supposed to be who's the best wrestler. And it seems like that they have tended to be more who the, who the best kayfabe wrestler is, in which case, obviously, it's Roman Reigns. But sometimes they'll kind of go in a different, a little more towards the other end of the spectrum. So no issue whatsoever with Reigns being number one. I mean, he, he if I made the list, he would be number one. What I've also noticed about these things is they do really take into account all areas of wrestling all over the world. Yeah. So it's not, you know, and even casual fans now are probably more aware of New Japan than they used to be, say, 20 years ago. But um, there's still some wrestlers, maybe in Mexico or the Caribbean, that have uh, the skills and the chops that get them to like the top 15, where most even casual fans might not have heard from them unless you're really diehard in those particular organizations. I'm talking about AAA or things like that. Do you get into those uh, organizations much, either actively or on YouTube at all? Me, not at all. No, I am a, I am a, probably the definition of the casual fan, especially at this point. I mean, I, I basically it's, if you have a national show on cable TV uh, or in the case of WWE network, uh, I'll watch it or at least fast forward through it. Uh, and even, even with that, I, I'm only barely aware of NXT. Like I'll, I'll, I record every week and fast forward through it, but I just, I, I not super locked in on that. So that's very superficial. I'm, I'm a much, um, much more focused, I guess, or have mm -hmm. less time, depending on how you want to look at it. I got you. Well, uh, on Friday, September 23rd, uh, last Friday, SmackDown was in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, again, on the on the stick for, I guess, the second or third week since college football started has been Corey Graves. He's pulling double duty with um, Michael Cole on Fridays and then Mondays with uh, his normal Monday Night Raw crew. I was concerned about losing uh mcafee because i think he's so good on smackdown uh Corey graves i thought would be great you know they're going to use him every week and they're going to use him for this first week with mcafee's gone he has slipped into the role fine so if he doesn't mind the traveling i think that's the best scenario to have Corey pull double duty they used to have guys do that all the time you got any issue with Corey, or do you want to see somebody new no i i, I like what I like about McAfee is that he's so different. And, and especially when he first started, it was such a nice sort of refreshing change of pace for WWE because he was the one announcer they had who really wasn't a WWE 
type announcer, meaning he wasn't really there to do as much shilling and, and, and he was a little more unpredictable. And that was interesting. But I do like Corey Graves a lot. I think he's a good WWE heel type commentator. So I, I have no issue with that. It doesn't detract from the show. I'll be happy when McAfee comes back because I do like having that sort of uh, mix of one thing on Monday night, one thing on Friday night, but no issue at all. Even before the numbers for SmackDown viewership came out, I guess on Saturday, I think everyone was, I think everyone knew this was going to be a big, big audience Friday night because of the teases through social media of something happening this night, possibly with the white rabbit, the QR code from the previous week had indicated 923, which was the date of the show. So I think um, anyone who was aware of this white rabbit instance was certainly going to be trying to tune in because it, it did a monster number. Uh, we'll talk about the show and then we'll talk about how, how well it did. And the show was monster because it opens up with just the hottest thing in wrestling right now, the bloodline. And in my notes, I wrote the bloodline with Sammy and Heyman. Is it the bloodline with Sammy and Heyman or is it the bloodline with Paul Heyman? Cause Sammy after, after Friday night, seems firmly ensconced in the bloodline. They all came out. They, it, it, for a second there, it looked like it might have been over and they were going to kind of send Sammy packing, thus kicking off this, uh, I think, inevitable feud that Sammy will have, hopefully with some help against the Usos. But they instead presented him with an honorary Use t-shirt, uh, a, a great t-shirt. Our producer, Mark, tried to buy it immediately and it was sold out. Um, it's going to be the hottest shirt of the year. Um, Sammy Zayn is doing... Academy Award winning work right now. Um, I'll, the floor is yours, Tom. Uh, Sammy, Sammy's your guy at the, at the moment, I think. Tell me what you thought of this um, particular promo, what they're doing with him, and uh, the work that Sammy's doing. For starters, easily my favorite segment of the week, no question, on either show. I think that what his, when you look at the bloodline storyline overall, it has done something that I think is exceedingly rare in wrestling in general, and also probably even more rare in WWE, both because of the, the attention, the level, the spotlight that the WWE gets, but also because of WWE sort of historic tendency to run things into the ground. Like if they have a good thing, it's like, we're going to just ride this horse until it breaks down. But the bloodline storyline, they have been able to sustain it for two years and kept it interesting. Now, of course there have been highs and lows where it's been more interesting, less interesting, but two years in, and it is as hot right now, I think as, as it has ever been. And that is a huge credit, not only to creative and not only of course, to Roman Reigns, but also to Sami Zayn, who right now, both in terms of character development, mic work, in-ring work is hitting it out of the park on all fronts. I think the other thing about this the storyline is, is that as you just alluded to, it really provides wrestling and TV just in general. Unpredictability is good sometimes, but it's also fun when you can kind of see something on the horizon that you're excited about. And this is an example of that, because I think, again, as you just alluded to, I think where this is headed is, in my mind, this storyline status quo progresses, enhances over the next month or so, leads to probably a Survivor Series match with the five <laughs> five members of the bloodline, meaning you know the, the four actual family members and then Sammy. 
in a Survivor Series five and five traditional match, Sammy inevitably either takes the pinfall himself or is perceived as the one who costs them the 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 match. It's the first match that they will have lost, you know, clean and I don't know. Roman Reigns hasn't been pinned for something like a thousand days, and when you get to that point, then it gets really interesting. Sammy, obviously they could turn him face anytime they wanted to. Anytime he is going to be mega face once he turns. I think they're smart to save it probably for post survivor series. Uh, and then he, I think as you have talked about, I think he pairs up with his, his old best friend, Kevin Owens. I think they go after the tag titles and they're the ones to unseat the Usos. And it's going to, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Is is WrestleMania shaping up to be the the, the final collapse implosion of the bloodline? And Roman, Roman's going to drop the title. Usos will lose the title. I mean, this seems like it's been the plan all along. And especially if you if you didn't have a plan for this beforehand, hopefully you're seeing what's going on and saying, "Well, this, you know." And this it, it is predictable a little bit to people who were in the know. But if they don't do anything except that, then this is sort of not going to pay off the way I think we all kind of want it to, but the, the also the result of that's going to be the bloodline, the most dominating force for two and a half years is going to implode at one point and seemingly all at once. Are we okay with that too? Is that going to hurt anybody? I think, I don't know if it's going to, if, if it's going to be an implosion where they just all scatter and are no longer, you know, a faction together. I see them more possibly, especially because Haley, how you doing? Hey, Ali has joined us. Thank you. Good to see you, my man. How are you doing? Great. Are we talking about how Scarlet stole Chris Jericho's gimmick? <laughs> we haven't <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet, but you uh, that's a tease for later. We're talking about uh, the opening segment of SmackDown with the Bloodline and Sami Zayn and the Great Swerve and Tom's. We're, we're predicting now how uh, man and Tom and let's pick it back up, but just like what this inevitably means, it sort of sets up WrestleMania to be sort of the. The, the final, you know, where they're going to walk out. We're going to have Raw after after WrestleMania, and no one in the bloodline is going to have a title. That seems so, to be where we're going. Yeah. So two so two quick things on that. I think to answer your question, Elliot, I think number one, I I think a lot of it depends on what winds up happening, what they have lined up for, for Roman at WrestleMania. And I think right now that's a very that's an open question. Of course, it seems most logical that it would be. You know, the pipe dream is the rock. It could be Cody. Um, it could be somebody else. It could be Bray Wyatt, dare I say it. Uh, and so I think that's going to be a big piece of it. I don't think you're going to see an implosion in the sense of the, the bloodline as a faction just ends, not yet. And I think one of the sort of the tells about that is the inclusion of Solo Sokoa. I don't think that they would elevate him to sort of main roster status, put him in that group, and then just have it peter out and or, or implode, whichever you prefer, in like four months. I see them as more of a, a heel version of sort of how they have done the New Day. Now, it may not be that long of a time because it's easier to maintain a, a face faction for that long. But I, I see them as being something that, you know, it's been two plus years now. I could see it going you know, to three years, perhaps, maybe even a little beyond that. I do think, though, to your point, it, it becomes tougher because of the way they've been presented. Once the Usos, say, drop the tag titles, it becomes tougher to sort of maintain the bloodline as we have known it. So down the road, yes, I don't think it'll just be a, 
like all of a sudden they just go their separate ways. Yeah, I think what'll make it a lot different than I want to get Ali's take on it will be, I think we should, the wrestling world and certainly Triple H is thinking about planning for a 2023 that probably might not have as much Roman Reigns as the previous few years did, either by way of other projects or breaks. So that bloodline, with or without Paul Heyman, could become more of a trio with these brothers and then the, the storylines that can be woven in with them if they eventually you know, decide to go at it as singles um, versus each other or anybody else. Yeah, the bloodline will certainly change after WrestleMania, probably not disintegrate. Ali, give me your thoughts on how good Sami Zayn is right now. Are, is there anything better than Sami Zayn? And um, <laughs> do you sort of agree with where we're thinking this kind of, this the, 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 the road this is taking? The only thing that the only way this could get better is if Sami Zayn showed up on Raw and SmackDown and just danced for the first 10 minutes <laughs> of every show. That's the only way I see this getting better. Uh, what I love about it is like every person in this feud, every person in this story in that ring had their own story. And I don't yeah. know that, you know, I know that during the Vince era, we always thought, okay, there's timelines on these groups because Vince hates groups. But like I could see like the Jay Uso stuff bur bubbling up. I yeah. can see Sammy and Sokoa doing their own thing. So I don't know that it's going to implode anytime soon. Honestly, it could keep going for another few years. Um, this is the most exciting group since the Shield, and and they're so I think it could keep going. And I think Sammy brings a lot of life to it. And there's a lot of fantasy booking we could do. You know, does Sammy turn face and then team up with Kevin Owens? Does Sammy go after? You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't honestly. I don't I, as much as I would love to fantasy book Sammy as like this ascendant baby face that could challenge Roman Reigns. I don't see it happening, uh, but I do see him, you know, continuing to be like the underdog, proving yeah. his value. Yeah, this storyline will remain the uh, the A block, you know, kind of going forward for several more months. Uh, a storyline that you know should can I, be. Can I throw out one last thought before we move on from this? Absolutely. Um, some something that we have referenced. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, well we know who that's coming from yeah i love uh, the hurt business i actually temporarily forgot about the hurt business and that ended way too quickly. <laughs> mark our producer Same thing but swap in uh maximum male models in my head so um yep <laughs> so one thing before we move on um something that i've referenced in the past that i still think could can be part of this mix in terms of how storyline presentation or different ways that they go with the bloodline is I still think that that there are some very solid creative ways that they could split the titles so that Roman, you know, remains, say, the Universal Champion, but the WWE Championship uh, goes to somebody. He loses that to somebody else or vice versa. And that gives you a whole other avenue of, Elliot, as you said, like if Roman is – if they do with Roman sort of like make him what Brock was a few years ago where you have one champion who can be, you know, in the main event of a lot of your – pay-per-views but then you have another guy who's sort of a special attraction type who's holding the other title it works a lot better creatively than if you have have a gamer who is tying down both titles so that's another possibility for the future no doubt no let's let's uh, keep talking about championships because uh on smackdown uh, Liv morgan the women's smackdown champion took on lacey evans who had heat for a while um, that came back from commercial and like the women's champion was like halfway to the ring. They're not putting as much effort into it, but credit to live. She is making the most of this opportunity. We saw an aggressive uh, live as she needs to get aggressive for her upcoming match against 
Ronda Rousey at Extreme Rules. Um, Lacey lost every bit of her push. She was definitely a Vince, a Vince, yeah. you know, feature, and that's it. And I don't think I think Triple H probably is giving her time, but isn't going to invest much more than being just sort of a jobber. I see someone like Nikki Cross having a better upside than Lacey Evans at the moment. Um, deservedly so. I'm not saying that um, Nikki doesn't deserve that, but yeah. Um, you, you, you want to talk about Liv and how she's being booked, Liv versus Ronda. Let's just do like real quick. Do we have any thoughts on this upcoming? Uh, is is Ronda going to take it off Liv or is the magic going to continue? I mean, Ronda has to take it off of Liv, right? But also this whole match was so confusing to me. I yeah. get that you have to build up Liv, right? Because instantly you're like Ronda versus Liv that everybody knows where that's going. But then, so in this match, she's supposed to be like this baby face, but that is supposed to be more extreme, right? It's supposed to be more ruthless to get mm -hmm. ready. And mm -hmm. I saw what they, I saw what they told Lacey to go do out there. You got to go out, you got to put over Liv. So she gets, so like Liv takes 90% of like a beat down throughout this whole match. And then at the yep. end turns on the heel when the heel's already down. And I'm like, what? None of, I don't feel bad. First of all, I don't buy that she's extreme. And I'm also not rooting for her as a baby face after she beats up the heel after the heel's already beat up. This was so confusing and honestly terrible. And I felt bad for everybody involved. Gotcha. I, I think where, the, where they're heading with this is a, Liv will turn heel. She'll. I think Liv's going to retain, and it'll be sort of a double turn. Like Ronda's sort of a, a bit of a tweener. I mean, technically oh, yeah. she's a face, but you know, it, obviously a badass, she's legit a bad MMA, all that. So she's she a, does have that edge to her, and she does things like, you know, beats up WWE officials and things like that. Um, I think this is going to be a double turn, which is where they're headed. I agree with you, Ali, that right now, it's it's they're sort of stuck in this middle ground that's confusing, but I think after the pay-per-view, it'll, it'll be like, okay, I may like it. I may not like it, but at least now it kind of makes more sense. I think they that's fixed it by doing one thing, which was your table spot and your kendo stick spot happened inside the match. Inside yeah, that, the match. Yeah. She, you know, yeah. she then puts live through the table and then rolls her into the ring and pins her. And that is how you show she's extreme. It's a really simple fix and it would have fixed everything. I tell you what I did notice when she did hit that table spot and the camera panned in and she gave her a tree she was having a hard time not smiling and, cra and cracking up because she was feeling it. Crowd was giving it to her. I think she's really enjoying this moment and making the best out of it. But, you know, to show her extreme side, then I, I kind of thought it was endearing that she – she got a tight, a tight shot. She, she delivered, she delivered her line, and I think she just was soaking in. I'm glad the camera caught it. I mean, she know, we, took a crazy bump. That's a yeah. definitely oh, yeah. props to her as an athlete. And I always cringe uh, when they take these big bumps. I just wish it was placed differently in the match. Anything with the, like tailbone freaks me out. I'm just like, mm -hmm. God, that that's that's one of those things where it, it's it doesn't. There are a lot of things in wrestling that look super painful. That based on what I've heard in interviews are not as painful as they look anything with the tailbone that's one thing where people are just like it hurts so bad tables scare me too because they're like edges yeah. you know i think there was there was an AEW match the other week where was it sammy he got too close to the edge of a table we all know about julia hart spot last week oh where you know what we're, we're gonna get we're gonna be grateful for watching a wwe again is like it's so much safer yeah i mean i saw that spot where what's his name fell onto like the edges of the chairs like his uh -huh. spine, like ricky starks his spine hit the edge of the chair and yeah. i'm like 
dude, you have like a central nervous system. There. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we 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 can go, we can deviate just a little bit to send our our thoughts that we're glad Julia Hart was okay. That was an ugly spot she took the other night. Um, missed the table completely, and also you know probably just broke down a real like inadvertently broke down a real fourth wall in wrestling with the way the corner of that table broke. That was one of the first times you ever saw just like how that thing's constructed and how that table is supposed to break when she basically missed it. Yet when her, you know, I don't know what it was her ass or whatever, when she just sort of, it took out just like a chunk of it, it revealed this sort of gimmick table, I think to a fan I, anyway. Yeah. All right. Moving on with WWE, Julia Hart. She's the, I think she's the most attractive woman in wrestling. I've never, I've never revealed that publicly. Julia Hart, I think, is overall secrets out. Best, I guess best, best looking always belong to Athena. Best looking female wrestler. Anyway, all right, we're getting way off track. Mark's probably laughing back there. Anyway, uh, New Day is still together after all these years. I love it. They were the latest to uh, embarrass Tom's favorite uh, tag team, but. That story took a giant leap forward because Max Dupree, um, formerly known as L.A. Knight, hopefully future known as L.A. Knight, um, seemingly walked out on the group, gave up. Are is are we going to go another few weeks with this, or is are we waiting to what's when? I want, <laughs> EJ, I want Finn Balor to show up and recruit them into judgment. Listen, <laughs> it's a judgment day. You got to join us and AJ Styles, okay? <laughs> That would be so. I, I mean, I think I think they're that's where it's headed. Yeah. Um, I'm just genuinely curious, like what the kayfabe explanation is going to be for the fact that this this dude who was L.A. Knight like showed him on SmackDown as a different person. Mm-hmm. Like in the history of wrestling, of course, this happened a million times, but not in this in like the way that they have presented not it. Not so where, quickly. It, I still I mean, think of him as Eli Drake. I still think of him as Eli Drake too. I, too. I, I, I sometimes too. struggle, <clears throat> like it's like, oh yeah, LA Knight. Um, he made LA Knight a character that was like, yeah, he was, I mean, he was and, great. You know, a lot of people forget he was Eli Drake. You know, yeah, honestly, he was he was really good in that role. I think he's been good uh, in the in the role as Max Dupree. I, I think that, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm wildly entertained by the by the whole thing. It is entertaining. But, yeah, but I just I just don't know, like, well. They'll think of something, but it yeah. will be really interesting to say, like, I like how is he going to start wrestling again? Do you think? Or oh, I think so. Okay, yeah. yeah, which would be good. I mean, that that's that's one of the of the positives I think of him reverting to LA Knight will be that he can get back in the ring. And you know, again, this is this is one of those things that was it was a Vince thing. Vince saw him as a main roster, you know, manager or mouthpiece or whatever, and he's certainly good at that. But I think Triple H and obviously NXT was uh, evidence of this. Sees him as an in-ring performer, and so that's he's got the look. He's got the size. I don't understand. It really, it really sort of makes me think that that Adam Cole come to the main roster manager rumor was probably true. Oh, yeah. I, I think there was some truth. Yeah, if they can, if they can do that to Eli Drake. LA night that I could see him doing it to him too. Anyway, so yeah, so that's going to develop, and you know, I think we're all looking forward to seeing an LA night uh, character return. Does anybody know, like, what is there a prognosis or a timeline for Biggie? Is he going to be able to return? On he, if if he's been told that he hasn't given it away, he has kept very upbeat in his Instagram with his recovery. He's not wearing a neck brace anymore. Um, I don't know if it was a four or six weeks ago it was reported he had not i wouldn't say the setback but it wasn't progressing as 
um, well as he had hoped for. Uh, he has sort of said, uh, yeah, Mark's saying not, you know, not this year, right? They, he's not going to be really evaluated, I think, to even be considered until a year out, which would be about March. Yeah. So the yeah, good news I, is that so far they've learned that he might, aside from being an elite athlete, that he might be able to live a normal life aside from that, aside from having to be a competitive elite athlete. And that's hugely good news. So huge. we're really thrilled for Biggie for that. Absolutely. Yeah. So for everything else, we just got to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, he's, I'm sure Triple H just doesn't, he just knows, nope, we, we you know, could be, could be at best we're talking SummerSlam, but that's probably not even going to happen. Nope. I kind of don't even want to make predictions. I want Biggie just to be healthy and live a long, happy, healthy life. Uh, yeah. So yeah, new, new day for as long as they last is going to be a duo unless they merge with the hurt, the hurt business. Who knows? It could happen. Uh, you never know. They got a, they got one more heel run in them, I think, perhaps. Um, speaking of heels, Braun Strowman uh, appeared on SmackDown. He didn't appear on Raw. We'll get to that. But he appeared on SmackDown. Um, he and Otis wrestled. I still don't know what's going on with Braun Strowman. Let's table Braun for, and save it for Raw. We'll, we'll get to that segment later. But nothing yet is happening with Braun. I think there is, because like he's just coming out and just, squashing somebody and whether local talent or now with this alpha academy i think he's part of a, a bigger plan and we'll, we'll get to that uh shortly um mcintyre drew mcintyre cut a really uh good promo um until he was interrupted by scarlet and uh carrying cross did you know drew mcintyre had food poisoning all week i heard oh. that after the after the show i didn't know it during the show yeah he 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 sacked up for for his promo but he was taken off the road for the over the weekend shows he had a rough go at it but he cut a great promo in 10 and then uh scarlet carrying cross they made their way to the ring <laughs> they there was the sort of what carrying put him to sleep did um I, now i, I heard what they were trying to do but i don't know about you guys i noticed like several times where like this just fell apart where like people forgot where they were supposed to be or something and i'm like this would have been so good if it went on flawlessly, but there was so like one or two missteps uh, might have been okay, but it just and then like the fireball, which I had popped yeah. for so hard, but also was like also mistimed and was so far away that and Drew couldn't even pretend to sell it. Yeah, fireball so, fireballs are always fireballs have like literally like a twenty percent success that, rate. That was I was just gonna ask like what in the history of televised wrestling like what's the batting average on fireballs like how yeah. bad does it have to get before people I'm are like there's, Jericho, there's another way to tell the story. Chris out of Jericho his chair like that like that Leonardo DiCaprio me being like what? Hulk <laughs> Hulk 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 Hogan botched a fire spot back in the day. Yeah, I think Jake Roberts botched a fire spot. I've seen Dusty Rhodes miss a, a fire spot. Um, did y'all catch? I think this is what Cross said as they were fading away. This is exactly what, what I we what we wanted. I heard we wanted. Anyone oh. hear we? I and then, he, and then he said, then he said, let it go. So yeah. he said I think, that before when he had, when he had him in the sleeper or whatever it is. Now let it go. It hasn't been directly referenced in these um, these White Rabbit uh, trailers exactly, but. It's referenced. I thought I heard him say, "This is exactly what we wanted." So for the for the moment, that's what he said. I just assumed that meant him and Scarlet. Him yeah. and Scarlet. That was a question. Is it him and Scarlet, or is there a bigger we here at work? I think we're going to get to it right now. Okay. So the Maybe best he now speaks in the royal we. All right. So uh, there were other matches. The main event with the Usos and the Brutes. They did great, but forget it. I want to talk about the White Rabbit 
And the theory I heard this week, which I think is, if, if I could book it, this is what I want to have happen. Is there, is there, is Bray going to come back with a group that we have already seen on TV? And I'm talking about Karrion Cross, Dexter Loomis, Braun Strowman, and Scarlett. They, they have proposed, the internet has proposed that each one of them is a specific character that was in the Firefly Funhouse. Dexter Loomis was Mercy the Buzzard. Braun Strowman was the little piglet that was running around. Scarlet is the witch, and Carrying Cross is the rabbit. Those were his four main characters. Is that it? what do you think? Ali is is wrinkling his nose. When I read that, I thought, wow, that's actually sounds awesome. That's the that's the new Wyatt family I want. It, talk talk me out of it. Tell yeah, me why so that's not the coolest first, thing you've ever heard. It is cool. And what I love about this is that I'm not into this kind of fantasy booking, but I love that people are interested and oh, yeah. watching for little things as opposed to just a few months ago, we were all zoning out. We were like, we can barely watch this product. It's so yep. Yep. So that's cool. I don't know if that's where it's going. I hope not. I don't think so. I'm more convinced now that it is Bray Wyatt. And I was just thinking it must be like a new version of his gimmick. That's why they're pulling the rabbit out. Um, okay. A new version of the fiend, perhaps. I don't know. Real quick. I do want to say, I know we're not talking about the, the Usos and, uh, uh, the brawling brutes, but we'll, I remember, we'll, we'll go back to it. Well, I was watching, and I'll just quickly say, I was like, Is this an AEW match? Because it was like good, but better than an AEW match. But anyway. WWE has really been focusing, I think, on wrestling the last couple of weeks. And you know, I thought I felt Raw had even fewer sticky stuff, fewer, so even many false finishes. Fewer, I was like, Oh, this is an fewer AEW, even promos like wrestling. It was rest, there were five matches on. One, two, three. There are five matches on SmackDown, six matches on Raw. That, you know, and the women's match on Raw, which we'll get to, took up the first half hour. I think they're they're giving these matches time. That I wanted to bring that up too. And if you guys are not on the same like white rabbit hype than I am, we can move on from it. But um Tom, I, I want to I want to give no, you no, a, a I Tom, let Tom talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think I still I said this last week. I think it's Bray. I think it is possible there could be um a group of some sort, a new wide family or whatever it's going to be again, primarily, I think that only because of the, the fact that they, I think really want survivor series five and five matches. Now uh, I don't know that it's going to be like that. There are clues and it's going to be the people that you just named necessarily okay. possible that hadn't really crossed my mind. I, I did. I will say, Back before all this White Rabbit stuff started, when Dexter Loomis showed up and Karen Cross showed back up, I was I did think like not I didn't connect anything to Wyatt, but I did think like I wonder if if Triple H is going to have like basically uh, an NXT redemption faction of some kind and put mm -hmm. all these people together, like not necessarily an invasion angle, so to speak, but something along the lines of like if if retribution had been really, really good instead of like terrible, like that kind of concept. Yeah. Uh, and then I just kind of, I was like, no, it seems like they're kind of doing their own thing. And like, again, as we'll talk about <laughs> Dexter Lewis is somehow a face. So, you know, that doesn't really make sense. Um, I, I do think it's Bray. I think that there's so much interest in this, that they're going to, they're going to wait for a, a big show to, to really like pull the trigger on the big reveal. I think that, 
initially they may have been thinking because like you said elliot i know you follow this really closely like th there have been these breadcrumbs that have suggested like oh it's going to be you know friday night on smackdown or maybe it's going to be raw or whatever i think now there's enough interest has been generated by this enough buzz that they're like let's let's hold off until we get to you know extreme rules at the earliest but maybe even push it you know later depending like the night after i don't know um but, the, but I, like i'm convinced it's bray i'm convinced the create the creativity at work here you know you, you've heard people who have talked about working with bray it's just you know triple h said it with ariel hawani a few weeks ago you know some of the craziest creative mind he's ever worked with this feels right out of that crazy creative mind with these qr codes and these yeah. subtle references and um when you mentioned all the characters in the firefly funhouse you left you left uh well i guess you didn't leave them out but the the uh the rabbit if you recall at the end the rabbit was supposed to be dean ambrose do you remember that like that was the when he left anyway we don't have to get into all that but that, but that was like something that was really sort of subtle that they did where the breaking, rabbit was breaking news tom predicting john moxley returned to wwe that's, that's not at all the case you're, you're <laughs> taking my comments out of context well uh we, we know smackdown is becoming more exciting every week this is triple h this is these are, i mean i triple h yeah we, we i think from january to maybe july it was sort of fait complete tony khan booker of the year promoter of the year uh the oh how the tides have turned and triple h is you know I, and tom uh our producer mark um cheats has talked about this when trip when you know wwe has the experience it has the ability to turn your lights out if you if they feel threatened and they want to show what a superior product is they have the ability to do that there appears to be a um an opening where everything that was restricted by one senior citizens daily wild you know you know dis decisions drove everything and that's not the case anymore it is definitely we're seeing it a new complete new generation so over the weekend um they continue playing uh white rabbit on the house shows so they're they're gonna keep pushing that thing it's crazy creative i love it i can wait another month or two if we get these little breadcrumbs every week on raw they flash the qr code again and something else i'll ask you about we'll get to that so <clears throat> pardon me raw was on monday september 26th in edmonton alberta canada um you guys ever been to canada both y'all visited enjoyed it I have not. I've been yeah. to Detroit. That's as close as I've gotten. I've Can been to Toronto. I've been to Vancouver. Canada is fantastic. Our our friends in the north. Um, they opened. They opened Monday Night Raw, WWE's flagship show, giving thirty five minutes to I think the hottest the hottest story in Raw right now, which is Damage Control uh, versus versus the faction of Bianca Belair, the Ladies Champion, Oscar and um, Alexa Bliss. Um, there was, they each gave promos. I get the promos were okay. Um, and then immediately turned into a match, Bianca and uh, Io, what, how did she pronounce her name? Io Sky? Io Sky. Those two put on a banger. Those two are two fantastic female wrestlers. Yeah. I was enjoying, I think we all got a treat in that first segment. Ali, what'd you think of that? Yeah, I was glad when they stopped talking because I was like, this 
I was hoping this would start gelling with like Asuka and everything, and then it just wasn't. And then they got EO and Bianca in the ring. I was like, oh, thank God. This is good. Yeah. What's, you know, this is in next week at Extreme Rules, we're going to have Bailey versus Bianca. Although Asuka and Alexa, they are not competing for the tag title. Okay. So, so like, what, what, what's the, what are those ladies' motivation for sticking behind? Bianca, if they're not trying to go for the tag titles, is placeholders. So what are we doing? Because their faces, I don't know. Is their faces? There's not a whole lot of story there. No, I mean, and I love Oscar. I really Mm -hmm. enjoy her, but she's been ruined over the last couple of years. You know, like remember when she came in and she was undefeated, and it was like yeah, like Goldberg, and yeah. Ironically, AEW is doing that story way better with uh, Jade. They sure are. They sure are. Um, so, you know, th- this is all going to, we're going to have, you know, the blow off next week with Bailey and Bianca. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Bailey seems to be pretty much back at hundred percent. I think she's got her ring rust off and Bianca is about the best thing going right now. Her power is really impressive. So they will definitely entertain us next Saturday night. Yeah. That feels like a big deal. Like it feels. Yeah, like it does. Will it, will it main event? You think? Oh, I, I don't see how it, well, I mean, it depends on what else is on the card, but. Yeah, I don't know. it should. It should. It definitely could. I think it could. I, I think that the answer to that question depends on if they're going to pull the trigger on whatever the White Rabbit stuff is. Whatever has a connection to that would main event. So, that for example, if Alexa Bliss, given her history with Bray Wyatt, is oh, somehow okay. tangentially connected to that, <laughs> then I, I I know I know, but I'm saying she like it. Yeah. would be in the vicinity of this match, presumably, and so therefore yes. it could main event. And yes. that's not her, that the brace stuff is not her fault. She's gotten a lot of unflack unfairly <laughs> for that brace stuff. Yeah, she yeah. was great on her own without that. She, she was, was good. As, she should be. She should be the character she was like five, four or five years ago. That's yeah, the character oh, yeah. she was born to the play. Sort of and was partially. Um, what's her name? Joker's girlfriend, sort of. She was like a little bit of Harley like, Quinn. Yeah, she was. She had a little bit of like the Harley Quinn crazy energy kind of thing. What I still like is that those ladies are out there giving it their all. They're inter- all. Each of them entertain me every week. I like. I like all of them. The storyline I'm getting a little sick of, you know, is Ray and his boy Dom. Like Ray, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, buddy. I love my son too, but he clearly doesn't want to hang out with you right now. Like yeah. I don't know if I'd dedicate he's, this much he's time not ready to, to accept to- that Dom has been domed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'd dedicate this much time to my own kid if he treated me like that. Um, yeah, uh, I it, is this going to carry on until WrestleMania, or are they going to try to blow this off beforehand? Like <laughs> Tom's facial expression is how I feel. You know, Dom versus Ray is you know what I would have imagined at WrestleMania is what I would have imagined if I was Ray would have wanted for my son. But like, we're not going to keep doing this for six seven more months um he went out there because of some interference again by the judgment day he took a loss to rollins uh rollins and riddle are still going at it too um they're gonna have a pit fight on extreme rules that's awesome but um i'm personally ready for ray to you know either join judgment day or get involved with somebody else feud with edge yeah. if you have to like i don't i don't know but it's, 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 no, it's no longer this. no longer off to other shows that this is all getting stale yeah, as I like to say, uh, poop or get off the pot. Yeah, I think we've reached that point in this story. I think yeah. I, the the only reason I don't think it's going to be WrestleMania is because I don't think, unless I mean, look, something could happen because now they're sort of 
doing stuff with AJ Styles is kind of involved a little bit, and maybe that's mm-hmm. going to go somewhere. But on its current trajectory, I don't think the Judgment Day is sustainable for for that many more months. I mean, they they really never win, and I just don't think unless they somehow add some more members or develop in that way, I just don't think it, they just come off as like a yeah. they need sort of a, a high class jobber stable at the moment. I be- which yeah, and that that stable aside from Dom is anything but jobbers. Ray Ripley, I believe, is rehabbing some injury, yeah. so, which is yeah, which is why. But she is great in her role right now of playing this mommy character to Dom, and I see her. She I like fits. Her Dom, Dom. So she good. fits the uh, she fits the Judgment Day stable. What they're trying to do more than Finn Bauer does, in my opinion. If Finn oh, Bauer, yeah, if Finn Bauer is not the demon, he has no business running this stable i'm not sure what happened with with that but that sort of all fell apart um yeah so rollins you know continues to be a highlight of raw he's, he's got the whole crowd singing with him and his future hopefully includes more gold but it's it's getting crowded now that the storylines are getting tighter and more compelling um you know even with three hours that you know time is becoming uh, a little bit of a factor with all these guys. So they're, you know, Rollins certainly is making the most of it. A tag team that apparently was like 10 years in the making, Gargano and KO, took out Alpha Academy. Alpha Academy, one of the better jobber teams out there. Like, I kind of enjoy, I, I enjoy them. Um, I thought they did great. I, I thought they, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, great. Chad Gable, I hope, I mean, I can see Chad Gable having a long career as a jobber, as a trainer, as a coach, sort of. He's great. Otis, you know, doesn't doesn't have much charisma except for that short period where he was just caught lightning in the bottle a couple of years ago. See, I um, think I, 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 I think he does have charisma. I, and I think that they charisma. really, really there is nobody in in my opinion in wrestling who was hurt more in terms of like push, etc. by the pandemic than he was. Because he he got super – he was Mr. Money in the Bag because super of momentum over. that he acquired because he was so over as a face with live crowds. They loved him. And then once the live crowds went away, Vince, of course, is like, wait, why are we pushing this guy? Like, I don't get it. He's just a kind of a big roly-poly dude. I don't get it. Let's turn him mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, And that was kind of the, the death knell at that point. So, But, like, he was he – was, there were Raws where he was the most over yeah. face on the show. I almost started watching Raw again just for him. Really? I, I mean, I, re- I remember it. I probably was not as tuned in at, during the pre- a little bit pre-pandemic. Um, yeah, I mean, he sort of always begs the question, like, well, he, he was sort of sweet and endearing, sort of in a lovable, goofy way. But it made me think earlier, like, what is, is there such thing as too sophomoric in wrestling? It, I mean, I think if you yeah. ask Vince McMahon, he would say, absolutely not, pal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's entertainment, pal. But, uh, between, think, but, between scissor me, daddy ass, why is awesome. that? That's pretty why, sophomore. Okay, so <laughs> why is, so why is that awesome. so awesome? And why is, say, some other, you know, why is tossing pancakes into a crowd, you know, seemingly so over, but just so some, yeah. some stuff works, stuff works, some doesn't. Like, wh- what is it? Is it eye of the beholder? Let, let I, have, I have the wrestling fan. I mean, let me pull is, it back real quick and just say, going back to Otis, I was super excited about the Braun Strowman Otis match. That was actually one of the matches I was looking forward to the most, and I was so disappointed because I didn't expect Otis to win. 
but I thought, okay, this is a chance for Otis to show off that he could be a badass. He's going to get a little bit of offense in. And, and like the whole match was awful. And I think there were a few missteps. I don't know whose fault it was. I don't know if it was Braun's fault or not, but I saw a few sort of missteps and they recovered quickly. And then it just kind of fell flat. And I didn't feel like it made Braun look all that great. They reinforced the ring and made a big deal out of it, but then the ring didn't collapse. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the day when they did the same thing with Big Show and Braun. Yeah. They reinforced it and then it collapsed. And I was like, that's what I was expecting. Instead, I got an underwhelming power bomb, and that's it. And I'm like, uh, right. Really, it seems like they don't believe in Otis, and he's going to be a temporary jobber guy until he finds another opportunity to break out, which is sad. There are several people right now. We've talked about some of them in the past who are so good in you know either in a face role and their heels, or in a heel role and their faces. And I think Otis is one of the you know, most striking examples of that where he's, he's a guy who, who is like sort of a natural face and they have him as like this silent sort of, yeah. you know, beefy guy that hangs around with Chad Gable. And it's like, I mean, they're, look, it's, they're, they're a good tag team. The match they had, I thought um, on Monday was really good uh, or right Friday. Cause it was new day. Um, right. But you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Somebody who we might not share the same uh, confidence in their ability, but we're, you know, he's, they're, they're young and we're hoping the best for them is Omos, who, you know, you, you can't you can't teach what he has. Um, but he went out there, went out there with uh, MVP, took on some local Canadian talent. Um, I guess Triple H is putting him on there to remind them, like, we still have this guy who, like, if he was, if we, in a couple of years, he could be, you know, because he's seven foot five and he's menacing. But... What are they doing with him? He's a once in a he's a once in a blue moon guy. You bring him in because he can't do a lot, right? So you bring him in as the monster, and he crushes people. And then you have a big penultimate match with him where it's short, and he puts the baby face over, and then he disappears for a while. I mean, you can't. I don't see him being able to carry storylines. I don't see him really. Is he, ta- is he taking anyone's spot right now? Like, is there anyone who's who's we don't see that much that we. You know, it's it's a long show. You got to fill three hours. So I th- I think they brought him back to TV just to set up an inevitable conflict with Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Yeah. You know, if they're if you're not gonna you know if you're not gonna keep uh, what's his name Dabo Kato, Captain Aziz up there, <laughs> Commander or, Aziz, know, yeah. Commander yeah. Aziz. Commander. I mean, those are the guys. Shanky hasn't been seen in weeks. He had a, yeah, he had a gimmick that was, he was uh, coming that forever. Was, <laughs> mm-hmm. Veer is another yeah, one. Yeah, Veer. Yeah, he was the. Veer, guy that's was right. Veer coming. was the one who was coming forever. Right, and then he came, and now he's went. he's back on NXT. He's back on NXT. I he? think they he's moved back. him down to the. NXT well, roster. don't be surprised if because uh, this uh, if you've heard this rumor that uh, Veer is going to be at Crown Jewel facing none other than uh, Bill Goldberg. They no, have uh, stop stop. They it. they they I feel they need to bring idea. out they need to bring out Bill Goldberg for Crown Jewel. It hasn't oh. been announced. Plans may have changed. You know. Um, but dirt sheets were reporting that WWE is looking to bring in Goldberg uh, for Crown Jewel. I'm shoving and, my head um, in the sand, and I'm going to tell you it's not true. I didn't hear you say that. But I do want to know is where this is random. Talking about my brown peoples, where is Jinder Mahal? Is he injured? It, I mean, if Omos is wrestling, how are you not going to let Jinder Mahal wrestle? Jinder shows up kind of. He was semi regular for a while because he was like playing the foil to Shanky for right. A while he there. and Shanky were. Uh, team. But in the last month, now they've sort of rotated him out. I'm sure he's on every house show somewhere. 
you know, facing guys. But yeah. All right. So probably the second best thing that's going on right now, or third best thing behind White Rabbit, behind the bloodline, is Dexter Loomis. We we I totally blew it and didn't talk about last week when he was um when he cut through the ring and stuck his head up and tried to pull Miz, tried to pull Ch- Champa down there. Um Last night. Now, did y'all, as soon as Miz introduced his Miz crew and you saw that thing that you saw the player in the jersey back there, did y'all know that's how it was going to end? Y'all saw that, right? I, I, I actually did. I mean, I I saw Miz Force in that whole segment, but I, I did not know I, well, that's how it was going to end. I didn't, oh, see, I didn't I see, see that coming. I was half paying attention by this point. <laughs> well, I was because I was watching because, you know, Loomis has showed up like in the background sometimes. So, now in this segments, I'm sort of watching carefully to see what might be running around. I'm also got you know white rabbit in my head. Like this is a hard way to live, gentlemen. Like, you're you're very clearly like locked in on this white rabbit stuff. I really am. I'm really excited because <laughs> like I really wanted to. I really want to be Bray, and it's being done so well that like I'm probably going to be mildly disappointed. But like everything we saw with Bray Wyatt had Vince's fingerprints on it. Yeah. Bray, 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 unleashed, especially if he if they kind of really lean into the creepiness, which is kind of always right up my alley with with, with professional wrestling. I like the theatrics of it, you know. So I'm definitely thinking of this. So yeah, as soon as I was, I saw this. There, I guess they were in Edmonton, and I saw this mannequin. I was like, "Yep, that's how he's going to present himself," um, and that it is what happened. Miz is, always finds himself. For someone who's very concerned about his own safety, he finds himself alone quite a bit. But um, they did the tease where when uh, KO was walking through the back with Gargano, they saw one guy down, and finally there was a pile of them. And then Dexter's right there, and Dexter sort of like chokes out Miz, lulls him to sleep. You know, that's the see. That's makes me think he's he's showing Miz mercy. He's mercy the buzzard. I'm telling you, like that's that's where it's going. I, I um, would like to go. I would like to go back to like 1989 and explain mm-hmm. to a wrestling fan. Uh, in 2022, there's going to be a story where one guy is stalking this other wrestler and his family, mm-hmm. and then the other the other wrestler is like fears for his life and for the safety of his two young children. And tries to get like security to stop this other wrestler. And the guy whose family is being stalked, he's the heel. <laughs> and the guy, the stalker who's insane, right. he's the face. Right. And well, I think that the, the the person I was talking to would just assume that we had devolved into some kind of dystopian future, mm-hmm. which we kind of have. Which we kind of have. To be honest. So we are, um, we are, we are tracking this it. perfectly. Yeah. I'm embracing the, the Dexter Loomis sort of manic Nicolas Cage kind of energy. I've always mm-hmm. thought Nicholas Cage would be a great wrestling gimmick, and I'm so <laughs> I'm hoping that that's what this is going to turn into. I'm still crossing my fingers that this is a family storyline where Dexter, Dexter Loomis is a, is a related to the Miz. Related to the Miz, <laughs> so that so begs the question: if if it's not worth the, the, the way the way I've worked up in my head is that it's, this is part of the larger storyline with Bray. If it's not, and the stalking angle is in a silo by itself, w- what's what is it about the Miz that has gotten Dexter's attention? Like, where is that going? And and is that is that how he's going to, is he going to stalk his next feud victim? Like, it's got to be part of something bigger, I believe, because it's it's so far gone without explanation, and it's gone now over a month. So, and they have they're not it's not like they're wrestling at extreme rules. So, yeah, it feels yeah. it feels it's, like a, 
you know, we've watched wrestling long enough. It feels like it's part of something bigger, but you never do know. This might only work against the Miz. I don't know that this could work against any other heel. Right. You, we talked about this at the end of the show, uh, Elliot, last week, but uh, when we realized we had forgotten to discuss it during the show, I don't know that there is another heel that you could do, you could have the storyline with who would remain a heel with the story. Like, I can't think of like a scenario where, I mean, Jay Uso or somebody like that, like they come to his house and is like messing with his family and stuff. And Jay doesn't immediately turn face, but the Miz is like, people are just like, boo, boo. We hope he gets your daughters. Boo. Well, there is a history of that in WWE. Do you remember when Daniel Bryan's heel gimmick was that he cared about the planet? Oh, oh yeah. So to tell people to I love it so much. This his championship belt was great. I almost pulled the trigger on it on a hemp replica title. You know, yeah. Right. And he was the heel. He's like, where the planet's dying and you guys are all driving SUVs. And they're like, boo, we hate the planet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, the thing is, is that in WWE, there's a history of it does the substance matters less than whether or not you are obnoxious and there's nobody more obnoxious than the Miz. So you can be like Kurt Angle, all American, you know, gold medalist, blah, 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 like drink milk and stuff. But if you're obnoxious, like, sorry, you're the heel. You're the heel. That's a wig. Well, guys who are our age just can remember Miz. This is what Miz, when he was 19 years old, this is what he wanted to be. Miz, same deal. Yeah. So his, his dream is coming true and good for him. He's a, He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So a hundred percent. I am I am one of the biggest sort of apologists for him ever. And when people talk about like, oh, the you know, I don't like the I'm like he, in, in every way that matters in terms of like s- sports entertainment, like he checks every box. Like he yep. he, he gets it. He does yep. it right. He sure does. Uh, we had he works hard, but I'm not into him as a wrestler. I don't think he's all that great in the ring. I don't really like. Oh, he's game. not. I, I yeah. completely agree with that. He's he's average in the ring, but mm-hmm. he, he again the sports That's entertainment best. part of it is what he just he he completely gets. It. Yep, he sure does. We had another uh, another return. Triple H has brought another wrestler back into the fold. Someone who was there before. It should come as no surprise. It was uh, the wife of Johnny Wrestling. Candice Array showed up. Was introduced as she was facing uh, Nikki Ash. Candice uh, got the win. Um, Another one, it's great. Kind of, we all kind of saw it coming, and I think this really loads the female division is loaded right now in WWE. It's got a lot of good talent, so and there literally could be two of the bigger names returning at some point this fall, this winter. So there is a lot to be looking uh, forward to. I've heard rumors that it's possibly Tegan Knox be brought back into the fold at some point. Um, Gigi, not Gigi Dolan, Gigi Dolan. Is she in Toxic Attraction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She, if um, a main roster push for her, adding someone like that to Damage Control, I think we're you know, Survivor Series is going to probably be for the women also. So Damage Control probably needs another member at some point. So I expect to see somebody else. Um, it probably will not be Candice Ray. She sort of aligned herself um, Monday night with Oscar um, and Bianca. So that seems to be some Survival Series stuff starting to take shape. Um, Nikki Ash, I think, is due for a character change. Um, my vote would be. It's coming. I think cra- crazy Nikki was was the best Nikki. So you know, 
latch her onto this uh, white rabbit Bray Wyatt oh train and, and, and go. It sounds oh, perfect. Would, yeah, she would be a good Bray Wyatt match. Alexa, I don't think so was a good fit, but that's an interesting idea. I'd never thought of that. And Crazy Nikki has, is great. She's got a lot of great natural charisma. She's got a great in-ring charisma. I've I've always been a huge Nikki fan. If they went, you know, when they teased a little bit several years ago that Sister Abigail was going to be an actual character, they never really teased it too much. But there was always speculation that oh, will they bring a female into the Wyatt family fold? Oh, right, and then it ended up just being Bray with like a Catholic veil or something. It was just sort of like they didn't really have they didn't introduce Sister Abigail as a character. I thought you know that Nikki Cross, but before her, when Paige debuted, I thought Paige Soraya. Would have been a great sister Abigail too, but she turned out to be an amazing single star herself. But I think they're overdue for some, and maybe it's Scarlet, but yeah, a crazy Nikki joining Bray or just herself tearing through the division like a you know like like Abaddon and AEW. Yeah, I'm all for it. Give me more of that. All right, then Sammy came out. Sammy, our favorite, he wrestles AJ Styles and gets the pin. I did not see that coming. I thought Sammy was going to keep um, kind of getting. The the raw end of the stick, wrong yeah. place, wrong time. But that is a you know it, I won't call it clean because uh, Sokoa definitely interfered. But they gave Sammy the win over um AJ. It probably causes they probably probably done to a you know give Sammy more of this rub in the bloodline and also to keep AJ a little bit conflicted because Judgment Day offered another invitation to him. So where where do you see? Um, we've talked a lot about Sammy, but um, as we near here the end of the show. What do y'all see with this AJ? Is this is AJ just sort of the next feud for Finn, or is something bigger going to happen with those two? Because it is sort of like a it's a C storyline right now. It doesn't mean much, and these guys probably deserve more. But thoughts on where AJ goes after this uh, defeat? I think it could be cool, especially if Triple H is trying to revamp. I mean, Judgment Day already feels a little more serious than it has in the past. And I could see AJ joining them, and maybe then they start winning because AJ's a big deal. They love him backstage, like really mm -hmm. love him. Mm -hmm. And I think if you, if you're going to perpetuate the Judgment Day storyline, you have to you have to do one of two things. You either have to add another member to, to freshen it up, or you have to have them get a big win in some kind of you know major setting spotlight. And so far, the latter hasn't happened. And, you know, Edge versus Finn in an I Quit match, it seems like that that's going to be a win for Edge. I mean, maybe it won't. Maybe something will happen, and that'll be sort of how they get momentum. But if that's if that's another big high-profile loss for them, they got to get momentum some other way. And maybe AJ, one way or another, is sort of the avenue to, to that momentum. Well, I mean, on again, we're talking about, like, there are just so many segments to fill this time up. Now the bloodline and that storyline has sort of enveloped Sammy. I think we all agree it will envelop KO at some point. Um, and it keeps all those guys busy. Then you have this secondary arc. Um, the judgment day arc has sort of gotten AJ. It's got edge. It's got this, you know, and which leads right. and, then you, you, yeah. and it has that. So, you know, and then Rollins, I guess, is on this other path with Riddle. And, you know, there's there's not too many. There's like three, I guess, main storylines. This, I think, is the is the most poorly run one. It's just they're shuffling these guys out. But these are some of the top stars you have in the business. So you have to have – you have to showcase them and feature them. 
I just wish they were doing a slightly better. better All job. of this that they're, that they're dealing with and with Judgment Day and kind of digging them out of this hole to try to revitalize it is be, is due to a bad creative decision, which was when Judgment Day started, the original concept that Edge had and presented on TV, I thought was great. And I thought like, oh, and he can add, add I mean, it's a natural fit because there's so many people who are sort of in that category of, you know, again, non cave like shoot, misused, underutilized, whatever. So you just keep adding people like that. And ed with Edge as the leader, it makes perfect sense. It's, su it's such a great idea. And then when they inexplicably like betrayed Edge, it's like, well, now it's just it's just dumb. They're just like a mid card stable with no real thread running through them. And um, so so this is all work that has to be done to rehabilitate what they are. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not where it needs to be yet, but I still think it could get there if they make some, you know, good decisions in the next month or two. As we have said that I think the company is being directed right now creatively by someone who. You know, we'll make we'll make better decisions. Sees better long term. Isn't going to just kind of rely on simple whims. And um, I think the product still remains on a real high trajectory. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to have some season premiere. And we're going to see DX. So anyways, but he was, you know, we're going to get some nostalgia mixed in, in well. Ali, uh, Ali, final thought before we get out of here about about the product and what your um, what what your thoughts are. Uh. Oh man, final thoughts. Honestly, I'm not thinking too hard about it. I am enjoying enjoying WWE again. There was a long time that I could not watch it. And there's still things yeah. that annoy me. There's so many commercial breaks and so many recaps, but the matches are better, the storylines are more coherent, and it's nice, like harmless fun, which is something I love in today's dystopian world. I love turning it on and just chilling and not having to think too hard about it. So grateful for that. Final thoughts, I would say um, I'm here for Rhea Ripley. Not into Dom Dom, but I do think it's funny. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to keep following Sami Zayn. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, guys, thank you again for joining us again. This was episode three. We're going to do this every Tuesday night. One or both of these fine gentlemen hopefully will be with me each week as we talk about WWE. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that the professional wrestling has deep, deep roots in Florida. Um, it's got, um, you know, it's Daytona and Tampa. There's a lot of ex wrestlers who live down there and a lot of great wrestling fans. So thoughts are with all those guys who are about to get hit by a hurricane. Please heed all warnings, do your best to care yourselves. And, um, we'll be ready to help out, help clean up and help out, um, anyone who's, who's going to get, um, impacted by this, but, um, so stay safe down there. We will see you guys next week. Uh, on the Thursday show, we always uh, count it out one, two, three, but on this show, it's just too much. We got to tap out. We got to submit. So thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. Peace.